This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> the newest member of the Boston Celtics, Kevin Garnett. Here's to Garnett. Garnett inside. Banks it in. And a foul. A lot of play from Kevin Garnett. At one forward, 6'11", from Farragut Academy, number five, KG, Kevin Garnett. Ah! Rondo on the drive. Kicks it back out. Posey for three. The jungle was rocking tonight. I want to thank all the fans that came out. The jungle was rocking tonight. Love it. Love it. There is Garnett going one on one against Haywood, who doesn't have a clue what to do with Garnett. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? Welcome to episode 156, episode 156 of the Better Manager Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a super duper weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBanterPodcast. And of course, you know that I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some super duper podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, The Marky P Show, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, It's Always Something with JD, Burnt Toast, Let's Be Queer with Let's be clear with Kayla, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, Rambling with a Purpose, and A Chance to Strive. And if you are into sports cards, don't forget to go down to the Card Vault down at Patriot Place or check out Big Night Breaks. They break cards every single weeknight in big groups, a lot of fun on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and whatnot. You can always go to the Big Night Media Instagram page to win some free tickets to Big Night Live through Timmy Ticket Tuesday, and you can go get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Okay, now that that's all done with, let's talk about the Boston Celtics, because go ahead, say it with me. We got a lot to talk about. Kevin Garnett retirement game. What's going on with the Boston Celtics currently in the standings with tiebreakers, playoff seating, all that. Uh, Sudden doubt of the week, the final 16 games of the season, and we'll focus on the three games that they have this week before the big four-game West Coast road trip. So first off, let me talk about Kevin Garnett. The Kevin Garnett retirement game is this Sunday, uh, 3 p.m., against the Mavs at TD Garden. Going to be a really cool experience, really cool day. Uh, Very happy for Kevin Garnett for getting his number retired. Uh, I mean, he was here for six years, 396 games, 31 minutes per game, shot 52% from the field. He averaged 15 boards. I'm sorry, 15 boards. That would have been very impressive. 15 points, 8 boards, 2 assists, and 1 block. Those were his regular season numbers. And then during the playoffs, he played 84 games, played 36 minutes per, 49% from the field, 17 points nine boards, three assists, and one block. So you could just see that he scored more, rebounded more, assists, you know, more assists, all of it. Made it to the NBA Finals twice while he was with the Boston Celtics, made it, the, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals three times. To be honest with you, it probably should have been three times that they made it to the NBA Finals. Just thinking about that injury he had back in 2009 in Utah was just absolutely soul-crushing. 
thinking about it, they were going to win back-to-back titles. You know they were. Ugh. Anyways, let me just say this. Let me just get it off my chest right now. I don't think Kevin Garnett's number should be retired. I love Kevin Garnett. I love everything that he brought to the Boston Celtics. I think he's a great player. I loved watching him play. I love how he got the best out of Celtics fans. You could argue he brought Celtics pride back. He definitely brought some fans back into the mix. He gave it his all every single night. The list goes on and on. But number-wise, no pun intended with the retirement, but statistically speaking, I should say, I just don't think he compares to the other Celtics players who have their number retired. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying Kevin Garnett, the player, because Kevin Garnett, first ballot Hall of Famer, he went in with Kobe Bryant, he went into the Hall of Fame with Tim Duncan, one of the best power forwards of all time. When he played for the Minnesota Timberwolves and when he played for the Boston Celtics, he was unbelievable. Maybe not that much when he played for the Brooklyn Nets, but but it is what it is. So first off, some of the numbers that I was looking at, Avery Bradley... Kendrick Perkins and Reggie Lewis have all played more games in a Celtics uniform than Kevin Garnett has. So stop and think about that for like two seconds. That's crazy. Others, and then you look at like other Celtics players John Havlicek, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, Paul Pierce, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Satch Sanders, Larry Bird, Don Nelson, Sam Jones, Dave Cowens, JoJo White, Casey Jones, uh, Tommy, Cedric Maxwell. They've all played over six. 100 games for the Boston Celtics. KG, 396. There's only one player that has played less than nine seasons that has their number retired, and that's Dennis Johnson. He was here for seven years, played 541 games, and won two titles. Everyone that I just mentioned, Havlicek, Parrish, McHale, Russell, Cousy, Sanders, Cedric Maxwell, Tommy, you name it, have all won two titles or more. The only player that has only won one title with the Boston Celtics that has their number retired is Paul Pierce, but he was also here his entire career. I mean, KG has only played more playoff games than Bill Sharman and JoJo White, and probably the reason why is because back in the day, JoJo White, Bill Sharman, Bill Russell, that entire team, they were unbeatable, which is why they won so many goddamn championships. But for this organization that has so many unreal players that all deserve their numbers retired, and the way the NBA works today, this might be it for retired numbers for the Boston Celtics. They aren't going to add another rafter and just put one number on it. I feel like going forward, the after this, the only time we're going to see another banner go up is when they win a championship. I mean, if like if KG gets one, shouldn't Ray Allen get one too? I, I, I know a lot of people forget that... KG wasn't coming here until Ray Allen did, and Ray Allen won the same amount of titles and actually played in more playoff games than KG did. It's probably obviously because of KG's injury, but it's crazy to think about. So, listen, I I understand why KG's number is getting retired. I also think Ray Allen's number should be retired, if that's the case, because the three of them brought back Celtics Pride, the three of them brought a championship, list goes on and on. But at the same time, like, let's say Jason Tatum plays here for as long as Paul Pierce did, you know, 15 plus years, wins one title. We're just going to put another rafter up with just a zero, and that's it. And it's just going to hang there. Like, I don't know. I just don't think that's it. I think it should have been Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce was here for so long, won a title, broke some scoring records. The list goes on and on. You know, number two in scoring in Celtics history because John Havlicek's first. So, I don't know. End of the day, Kevin Garnett, thank you. Kevin Garnett, I love you. 
Kevin Garnett. It was an honor to watch you play so many nights from Section 315. It's just, I just don't think his Celtics career, not him as a player, his Celtics career is on the same level as a Larry Bird, a John Havlicek, a Robert Parrish, a Tommy Heinsohn, a Casey Jones, etc., etc. But before we stop talking about Kevin Garnett, <laughs> I do have a pretty funny story. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. So right when I got my season tickets to the Celtics, I was like, you know what? I got to get an authentic jersey. Who am I going to ride or die with? And I said, it's going to be Al Jefferson. So I went to the TD Garden Pro Shop, bought myself a $200 authentic Al Jefferson jersey, and ripped off the tags, threw out the receipt. I was so excited. I thought Al Jefferson was going to be the next Paul Pierce. Maybe not like as a small forward, you know, probably power forward center. I thought he was going to be here for the rest of his life. New generation of Celtics basketball. And when I got home, I sat down, turned on ESPN, and Al Jefferson got traded for Kevin Garnett. And I still have that same jersey. And I actually might wear that jersey to the Celtics game on Sunday. No joke. I've never worn it since. Maybe maybe time to uh, change for that. But end of the day, Kevin Garnett, incredible player. Thankful. He was part of the Boston Celtics. Honored to see him play. Just don't think his numbers should be up there with some of the rest. But... Let's talk about this current Celtics team right now. They are 39 and 27, four and a half games out of the first place seed in the Eastern Conference. They're one and a half games behind the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks, who are currently tied for second. Yeah, that's right, folks. The Celtics are one and a half games behind the second seed and the third seed. They're one game behind the fourth seed, aka home court advantage. In the first round, they are one game ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who just lost Jared Allen with a fractured finger. Feel really bad for him. You know, first time being an all-star, the Cavs were in a really good spot, but injuries have kind of hurt them a little bit lately, that's for sure. And then they are four games ahead of the Toronto Raptors, who are the seventh seed, a.k.a. like that first spot for the play-in. So the Celtics have 16 games left. We'll talk about that a little later, but tiebreakers, which are very, very important. I'm recording this just a couple hours after the Brooklyn Nets game. I mean, the Celtics have won the tiebreaker over the Nets, Cavs, and Heat. So what that means is if the Celtics and the Nets end up having the same record, the Celtics would get the higher seed. Same thing with the Cavs, same thing with the Heat. They have one game left against the Bucks, Hornets, and Raptors, where the Celtics actually lead those tiebreakers 2-1. to one. So if the Celtics literally win all of those tiebreakers, they will have... How can I say this the right way? They will win the season series, a.k.a. hold the tiebreaker over six teams in the Eastern Conference, which is absolutely crazy. They are tied with one game remaining against the Bulls, and they have split the season series with the 76ers and Hawks. So after the head-to-head matchup tiebreaker, if those things are tied, it's actually most wins, I believe, in the conference overall. So, again, long way to go. But the fact that the Celtics do have some tiebreakers over some other teams is going to be key going down the road. This past week, the Celtics, I mean, did exactly what I asked them to do. I, I was hoping they would go at least 2-1. and one. They decided to go 3-0. and oh. They beat the Atlanta Hawks 107-109. They beat the Grizzlies 120-107. And then they beat the Brooklyn Nets 126-120. And because of what I just saw at TD Garden, let's do stud and dud of the week. Hit the music. And now, it is time. For the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week.
Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 156 of the Banner Banter podcast. I mean, folks, this is super easy. I mean, this dude not only had his birthday the other day and is now averaging 45.4, I'm sorry, 45.5 points per game as a 24-year-old, which is the most in NBA history for the time being, at least, Jason Tatum. I mean, this dude is unbelievable. 33-point game, 37-point game, and then a 50 four-piece McNugget against Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. He shot 52% from the field this week, 40% from three, and then he took 17 free throws against the Brooklyn Nets, and if you actually take away the first two free throws that he missed in the first quarter, he shot 14 of 15 from the line. This guy cares. This guy now has passion. This guy's confidence is now sky high. This guy knows it's his team. This guy cares. And I'm, I'm going to say that again. This guy cares. I have never seen Jason Tatum so passionate and vocal than I have the last week. I mean, everyone knows this. This is his team now, even Jalen. I mean, he's averaging five assists per game. He's finding the open guys. He's making the right play. His shot selection is so much better. He knows how to control himself when he gets tra- trapped. He knows how to control himself when he goes up and tries to get a foul. I mean, this week was just an absurd week for Jason Tatum. And to be honest with you, I think the All-Star break and that 75th anniversary team did something to him. Like, it was a good slap in the face of, like, you want to be great? You think you're great? Not yet, young man. Not yet. But this week he was great. Phenomenal. Went head-to-head with Kevin Durant. Went head-to-head with John Morant. Went head-to-head with Trey Young. And outplayed every single one of them. Incredible week from Jason Tatum. Oh, it's so much fun to watch him play when he gets going. I mean, sure, at times, you know, he still doesn't hustle up the court when he doesn't get a foul call. But, hey, at least he's attacking the rim. But, I mean, 17 free throws. Oh, that's fantastic. That's what we've been asking Jason Tatum to do forever. I mean, if you're going to be a star, drive to the rim. Get those calls. Harding gets him, Embiid gets him, Durant gets him. You know, the list goes on and on. But, oh, man, (laughs) what a performance. 54-piece McNugget. Just right, oh, he's so good, folks. And he, I swear to God, he gets better and better every game. And that's all we've ever asked of Jason Tatum, to improve and then also start caring. And I know he's not the biggest vocal leader, but I have never seen Tatum scream like a Kevin Garnett more in an entire season than I have this past week. He was absolutely phenomenal this week. And the doubt of the week, uh, I mean, this is really tough because, I mean, I know Al didn't play great against the Hawks, but he played his best game in a Celtics uniform in his entire career against the Grizzlies. I mean, 16 points, 15 boards, like five or six assists, absolutely banana land. I mean, Rob was doing Rob things. I think he was only like 1.2 rebounds away from having a double-double in every single game this week, so it can't be him. Jalen got hurt, can't be him. Aaron Neesmith got hurt. Can't be him. And by the way, props to Jalen Brown for coming back and playing. Marcus Smart had over 20 assists in the last two games, so it can't be him. Peyton Pritchard was whatever. I mean, not great, but not terrible, but wasn't needed to step up because Jason Tatum was going banana land. I mean, maybe it was the defense against the Nets that deserves the dead of the week. I mean, this was the first time they allowed more than 115 points in a game since Christmas. Are you kidding me? Since Christmas? was the last time they allowed 115 points or more, and that was against the Bucks. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe the doubt of the week is me for maybe being too positive about this team right now, but it's very hard not to be. 
you know, over the top positive about this team. I'm still like 98% bought in. I'm not, I'm not there yet. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll explain to you why right now, because here's the thing, folks, there's 16 games left. March madness is right around the corner. And actually, you know what? Let me, let me just take a quick time out here. I am a uh, Duke Blue Devils basketball fan. I love Coach K. I love all the players Coach K coached. Um, What I saw from that Duke basketball team the other night when they lost to North Carolina, um, I have never been so angry at a group of athletes, student athletes, in my entire life. Uh, I can't believe they lost to uh, North Carolina, who I absolutely despise. (sighs) You can't let North Carolina win at Cameron Indoor on Coach K's last game. Ugh. That was just heartbreaking. I thought his speech after the game was phenomenal. I love you, Coach K. Let's go get Banner 6. Let's go down in New Orleans and win a national championship, please and thank you. Hopefully that was just a, a, a tough one of those days type of days for those Duke players, and they get a nice little slap in the face of reality this week when they go to Brooklyn in the Barclays Center to play in the ACC tournament. They play the basketball that they've been playing all year, and they can go on a deep run, but that was absolutely pitiful what those players did to Coach K down in Cameron the other day. Anyways, ugh, just thinking about that. Might have just changed my whole vibe because I'm so angry about that still. Um, But anyways, Celtics have 16 games left, and there's still one thing I need to see from this team. Now, they have seven home games, nine road games. They're 23-11 and at home, 16-16 and on the road. They're 25-14 and versus teams below 500 with only six of those left. They're 14-13 and versus teams above 500 with only 10 of those left. They're 25-9 and in games where they win by 10 points or more. But here's my issue, and here's why I haven't 1,000% fully bought in. They are still 3-10 this year with games decided by three points or less. And if you do not think that there are going to be some really tight games against the Warriors, the Heat, the Bucks, the Bulls, the Grizzlies, and the Mavs coming up, those are some of the teams that they have to play, you're out of your mind. This team still hasn't been able to perform in the clutch. Now, the Nets tried to come back. They took some punches from them. They punched back. The Grizzlies tried to come back, and they punched right back. I get it. So, like, yes, they can punch back. But what is it? What are they going to do when there's even more pressure on the line? More pressure than just John Morant. More pressure than, you know, Kyrie Irving getting booed every single time he touches the ball. So what happens when Jason Tatum's off? Because Jason Tatum went up against John Morant and won. Jason Tatum went up against Kevin Durant and won. Well, what happens when Jason Tatum has that one random off game? Who is going to step up? Who is going to be that scorer that can go toe-to-toe with the other team's best players? Jalen's hurt right now. And Jalen has shot the ball very well in his last full five games. Okay, Not counting the Nets game, but basically before the Nets game, those full five games. So basically before the Nets game and before he got hurt, the five games before that, he shot 53% from the field. 53% from the field. That's fantastic. And... I don't want to say I'm putting a lot of pressure on Jalen Brown, but to start the season, I did say that this guy is the most important player on this basketball team. I said that. The Boston Celtics are only going to go as far as Jalen Brown is going to take them because, listen, Tatum is going to need some nights off going forward. He has played a lot, and I mean a lot, of basketball this year. He really has. You know, minus uh, when he was when he had COVID. Well, didn't he get hurt? I forget. He he missed a couple games. But I'm telling you, 
Jason Tatum's going to need a night off going forward. Now, it may be against like a crappy team like the Wizards or the Pacers, but those type of games could make or break you being the fourth seed or the fifth seed or the third seed or the seventh seed, all of that. So someone is going to need to step up. And if it's not someone, it's going to have to be a couple people. Can, if Jason Tatum needs a night off and needs a breather, can Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Rob Williams, Jalen Brown, Derek White, Peyton Pritchard, maybe Aaron Neesmith, who knows? Maybe Nick Skouskis, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. The Celtics signed Nick Skouskis to a two-year deal. He dropped like 45 points in the G League the other day. Sharpshooter from Michigan. I'm sure if you look him up, you'll probably recognize him. He's played in the NBA for like five or six seasons, been back and forth, you know, G League, NBA, G League, NBA. But the Celtics signed him, so, you know, maybe he steps up and hits a couple threes while Tatum's out, but... This team has to be ready to go for these last 16 games because it's either going to be a sweet 16 or it's going to be really sour. And the number one thing that they need to focus on is what they can do better when games are decided by three points or less because going three and seven in those games so far this year isn't going to cut it in the playoffs in any way, shape, or form. So it really all starts this week, these final 16 games. Uh, the first one is in Charlotte on Thursday night versus Isaiah Thomas. That's right, IT4 and the Charlotte Hornets at 7 p.m. The Hornets are two and a half games back of the seventh seed, four and a half games back of the sixth seed. Uh, since the Celtics beat them uh, back in February, I think it was on February 2nd, they are four and nine. They're not playing great. This is a team that is struggling right now, but they always give the Celtics their best play for whatever reason. Um, but this is a game where the Celtics should be full, fully healthy, ready to go, Go down there, defend them out of the gym. I mean, the last time the Celtics went down to Charlotte, they won in overtime, and Tatum and Brown combined for 71 points. So let's do that again. I don't care if it's Jalen Brown getting 41 and Jason Tatum getting 30, if they both get 35 or one gets 36. I don't care. But Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown against a tough team need to step up, get another win here, and then you go and play the, the Golden State Pistons. I'm sorry, I mean the... Detroit Pistons at TD Garden on Friday night at 7.30. Do not lose to this team. I don't care that they've won 5 out of 7. I don't care every single time they play us. They play like the Golden State Warriors. I don't care if it's a weird matchup for us. This, I mean, this team's clicking right now. I mean, Cade Cunningham, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, Jeremiah Grant, um, Killian Hayes, you name it. They're playing at a very good level, which is cute and adorable and all, but this is a game that you cannot lose. This is one of those games where you look back in the season and go, do you remember that loss in March and then that loss before the All-Star break? Yeah, that's why the Celtics are on the road in the first round. You have to win this game. You, this, you, ugh. you, you, you just got to show up. You're at home. You're very good at home this year. You're, what, 23-11 and 11 at home this year? Take full advantage of that. Defend move the ball around, play as a team, wear the other team out defensively, and move up in the standings. And then finally, 3.30 p.m. at the Garden versus the Dallas Mavericks. I feel like every single time we talk about Dallas Mavericks, it's Luka hitting a game winner in our faces and breaking our hearts, which is super annoying. Uh, but hey, listen, the Mavs are a good team. They, they have a pretty damn similar record to the Boston Celtics. But all I ask, all I ask, is the Celtics don't play how they did on Paul Pierce night against the Cleveland Cavaliers because that was embarrassing. That was bad. That was like real, 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 real bad. And even though KG is getting more love with merchandise and renewals and all this stuff than Paul Pierce ever did, which I'll never understand, let's not lose this basketball game, please. Please. 
let's not lose this basketball game. I mean, after this, you got a four-game West Coast road trip, and let's hop on that plane uh, in a good mood. Let's not hop on that plane in a bad mood. First off, with this team, Luca, top six in scoring, averaging nine points a game. I mean, I'm sorry, nine points. <laughs> He's top six in scoring, averaging nine rebounds a game, eight assists a game. He's a walking triple-double. So how did the Celtics do it? Do they try to take him away and force the rest of the Mavs team to beat him? Chris Chris Boss, I can never pronounce his name. Porzingis is not there anymore. Uh, he got traded to Washington. Spencer Dinwiddie's now there. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, hit or miss scoring the basketball. So what did the Celtics do? Do they force the rest of the Mavs to try and beat them? Or do they just say, you know what, Luca, try and beat us and we'll take everything else away from you. So I'll be very interested to see what the defensive mindset that Ime Adoka brings out. And listen, as great as the Mavs offense may be, they're also a top six defensive team in the league. They have the sixth best defensive rating all season long. The Celtics have the second best. So the Celtics might have a hard time scoring the basketball. They, they really might. Who knows? But again, I know I say it every week, and I'm sorry that it's annoying, but the Celtics have to keep up what they've been doing on the offensive end, when, especially when they're playing a tough defensive team. 25 assists or more, please. The Celtics, the last eight games, they've had 25 assists in a row or more. 25 assists or more in eight games in a row. It's It's been beautiful. It's been art. It's It's been an NFT or, or Mona Lisa to me. It's beautiful. And they're 6-2 in those games. And if you ask me, I think 6-2 is pretty damn good. So keep moving the ball and playing as a team, I beg you. And uh, yeah, that's it for episode 156 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. Kevin Garnett, I love you. Hope to see everyone at the Garden on Sunday. Please stay safe. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.